Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. What happened to your hand? Uh, we were in another battle. I boarded a ship and got into a sword fight and my hand was cut off, so I got fitted with a hook. I'm fine, really. Well, what about the eye patch? Oh, well, one day we were at sea and a flock of birds flew over and I looked up and one of them pooped right in my eye. (laughs) You're kidding, said the bartender. You couldn't lose an eye just from some bird poop. No, but it was my first day with a hook. Okay, so this message that I'm going to preach tonight is going to be, uh, it's going to be a simple message. Simple. Now, when I say simple, I know that some of you, it, it almost sounds like I'm being apologetic, like, uh, you know, it's uh, really not going to be that great because it's simple. But that's not at all what I mean. Uh, Being simple doesn't mean that it's unimportant or irrelevant. Uh, If it was unimportant or irrelevant, I just wouldn't preach it. But when I say simple, I mean that it's going to be easy for us to get or to understand. And I think that's important for us to get it. Now tell yourself, you're going to get it. I trust that this message is going to be easy for us to get and listen. If we practice this, what I'm ministering tonight, the results will be nothing short of miraculous. And I know that sounds like a bold statement, but you know what? God's Word is true, and when we put it into practice, the results are miraculous. Now, believing is one of the most important things about us, isn't it, as Christians? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, at first glance, this verse can almost sound like a threat. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And you know what? I think that there are a lot of people that almost, they read that verse and they almost check out right there because they, 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 the first part of that verse and, the, and their minds go and they, well, that's, see, that's my problem. I just can't believe good enough, and so now it's going to be impossible for me to please God. And so I want you to hear this tonight. The purpose of this verse, Hebrews 11, verse 6, is not to frustrate us, but to encourage us. Listen to me tonight, please. Every one of us have the God-given ability to believe. And this is what we must believe, that he is. God is tonight. I'm so glad that he is. 
I'm glad that he isn't. Is, I'm glad he is. We find that out when we give our lives to, before I got saved, I believed that in the concept of it, but after I got saved, I realized, God, you are. That's what he said, isn't it? When he appeared to Moses, he said, I am. Because he is, and we got to believe, we have to believe, we must believe that he is, and is what? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants to encourage us in our believing, and that's what I pray is going to happen to us tonight and in us, and so I'm, uh, this is my title, I Believe, I Speak. And the title comes from this portion of Scripture, verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. I believe. Somebody said, and I don't know who said this, but it's a great quote, Optimism is faith in the goodness of God. Now tonight, I want you to tell yourself, tell somebody, or just shout it, I believe. I believe. You know, this is so important to us to recognize because when we believe, all things are possible. That's what Jesus said in Mark 9, 23. Doesn't that encourage you? All things are possible. Believing opens up all kinds of possibilities, lots of possibilities. Now I want you to tell yourself or tell somebody there's lots of possibilities. That's pretty weak. I want you to tell yourself or tell somebody there are lots of possibilities. That was very strong. Believing tonight is a decision. In Hebrews, or I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it's talking about Abraham, and it says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Abraham had been given a promise from God that he and Sarah were going to have a child, and it was seemed beyond hope. Because he had gotten older and older, he had gotten up to 100 years old, and she was 90 years old, and how many of you know that's uh, kind of, uh, in the natural, that's hopeless. And yet, he believed against hope, in hope believed. He didn't have any natural reason to hope, uh, but he decided, he made a determination to believe. Believing is a decision every one of us can make. And I want you to say it again and shout it out, I believe. I believe. We need to tell ourselves this all the time. I, God, I believe. I believe in you. This is encouraging to us tonight because we can believe. 
I know that there are those here tonight that you may be thinking, you know, I, this faith stuff and this believing stuff, and I, I, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and my life, but believing God just seems to be, it's just a, such a challenge and it seems so hard, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to believe right or what. Listen, one of the devil's most effective lies is that we are not going to be able to believe. And he lies to people and tells, you know what, other people, they're good at this faith stuff, they're good at this believing stuff, but you're just not wired that way. And listen, every one of us have the God-given ability to believe. We choose to believe. And it takes practice. We have to practice believing. We may not be flawless in our believing. Uh, I can tell you something from personal experience. Uh, we won't be flawless in our believing, but we can get better at it. In John chapter 6, I like this, verse 28 and 29, people said to Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. It's our job to believe. It's God's job to do the impossible. And for any of us here tonight, there are those of us who no doubt are facing something that seems impossible or there doesn't seem any reason for us to hope that it could happen. And I really want to encourage us. We don't have to know how God is going to do it. Our job is just to believe. It's his job to do the miraculous and the impossible. Now, I want to take a moment. I want to pray with you. Uh, first prayer. And I say first prayer because usually when, we, when preachers up on the platform pray, after they finish praying, everybody goes home. But this is, I'm still early. And so I don't want to give you false hope by me praying with you right now. But I don't want to go on without agreeing with you and having you pray this with you. So bow your head and close your eyes if you would. And just pray this with me just out loud. and uh, uh, Pray this. Father, I've got this thing or these things that I need your help in. I don't know what to do myself, but I believe you know what to do and how to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now say again, I believe. The resident psychologist of a major cancer clinic described the perspective that marked hope-filled cancer patients, uh, and he said they don't deny the diagnosis, but they do defy the verdict. In other words, it isn't that they deny that they're sick. They just refuse to believe that they're going to be sick for the rest of their lives. They believe something is going to happen. 
better. Believing God isn't denying reality. If we have a financial problem, uh, the, uh, we, it isn't denying the reality that the problem is there and just saying, well, I just refuse to believe the balance in my checkbook. I, I rebuke that negative balance and I'm going to write checks anyway by, by faith. And that isn't faith, that's presumption and you're going to get in trouble. So don't do that. If Believing isn't denying the, the reality, but it's defying the verdict that it's always going to be that way. And so we say, by faith, things may be tight now, but I believe God is going to help me out. Don't you want to be and get better at believing? I want to encourage us in, in how to believe better. And one of the ways we can do that is simply remembering what God has already done for us. When we believe what God did for us, then it encourages us to believe that he'll do it again now. And we can remember that time that he healed us or or the time we got a financial breakthrough, or in some other way, God came through in our lives that we were desperate for, and God has helped us, hasn't he? Amen. The Bible encourages us over and over to remember. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, and, and Peter's writing about his body, as long as I'm in this tent or this body, to stir you up by reminding you. See, we, we need to get stirred up, don't we? Don't you want to get stirred up? He says, how, how, how do we get stirred up? By remembering. Remembering what God has done for us will stir us up. Someone wrote this, and I think it was Beth Moore, but I couldn't remember exactly who said it, but it's great. God never forgets his promises to us. In turn, he intends for us, his children, never to forget his faithfulness to us. God never forgets his promises, and we should never forget his faithfulness. Can you say, I believe that? But you know, historically, God's people have, have always had a problem with remembering. They have a problem, or I should say, oh, lots of times we can have a problem remembering what God has already done. Isn't that true? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Psalm 106, 12 and 13. Listen, here's two verses. Verse 12, they're, they're on a high. They say, then they believed his promises and sang his praise. Woo, man, they, they believed and, they, woo, God has done it. Woo, man, God's moving. God, but then in verse 13, but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. Isn't that just like us sometimes? 
One day we're, we're, woo, man, I believe, and man, God's moving. I sense it. I sense, woo, he's like, man, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bop, bop, and, and we're, we're, we can sense it's real. It's good. God's good. He's moving. We sense he did something. He broke through, but then the next day, we can go, oh God, when are you, when are you going to do something for me? A powerful motivation for believing God in our now is intentionally remembering how he's worked in our past. Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. We need to remember what he's done for us. Can you say that's right? One of, not one of, I'm sure my most told story ever has been when I was a young convert and Don McCamish, as an evangelist, called me out. I was praying on the front row. He was ministering in, in the word of knowledge and was calling people out. And I prayed in my heart and said, God, if you'll just speak to me, speak to me now. And Don McCamish pointed his finger at me and he said, young man, he said, God has a word for you now. And I, I was thunderstruck that God heard that prayer right then, right now. My lips weren't moving. I wasn't praying it out loud, but God spoke to him. He gave me a word that was right on the money for my life right then. And I can't tell you how many times over the years that was... Uh, 40, almost 45 years ago, and I've called to remembrance that time again and again and again, and to this day it chokes me up that God answered and heard my prayer right then and gave me a word from him. Remembering helps us believe. Say it again tonight, I believe. Now there's a second thing that we need tonight and that is we need to speak. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, again, he says, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Faith speaks, doesn't it? Now, I want you to say this with me. I believe and I speak. There's a strong connection between what we believe and what we say. The Bible calls it a spirit of faith. I want to move in the spirit of faith, don't you? That spirit of faith speaks. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In Romans chapter 10, and verse 8 through 10, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, when we believe in our heart, this is the, the greatest miracle that ever happens to us, is when we are born again, when we get saved. And that, happen, that miracle happens when we believe in Jesus in our heart, but then something we speak by faith, and we believe in our heart, and we speak. And you know what happens? We get S-A-V-E-D saved. And our life is changed and transformed. We're forgiven all of our sin in a moment of time. We will say what we believe. Our words are powerful, aren't they? Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, this being true, we probably ought to be a little more careful about what we say. And we can just kind of blurt things out sometimes and, and say, well, you know, the flu season is here, and so it's just a matter of time, you know. I'm always a day late and a... If something can go wrong, it... See, we say stuff like that, and sometimes... We don't, we don't really think that we mean anything by them. It's, it's, not like, it's not like we want the flu bug, is it? We're, we're not always a day late and a dollar short. Things don't always go wrong with us. But we say things like that sometimes just to be funny, but I think sometimes we say things like that because we're just really being negative. And we need to know that our words carry a spiritual force. Whether we want them to or not, our words will affect our lives. And the word, the word God's word, gives us a warning in Proverbs 6 and verse 2. It says, you were snared by the words of your mouth. You were taken by the words of your mouth. But listen, God, as God's people tonight... We are meant for something greater than that. Our words are meant to be full of life. The spirit of faith that speaks. And Jesus said these words in John chapter 6 verse 63. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. As believers in Jesus, our words are meant to be like that. Spirit and life. What that means is our words are meant to have a little bit of oomph to them. Some force, some power. They have spiritual power. Ephesians 6 and verse 17 says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so we can ask and say, well, how do I take the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Does that mean that I just carry a big five-pound Bible around everywhere I go? I'm taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it isn't that, but we are given, and it could be that, but 
it's not just carrying around the Bible. We see in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6 a picture of Jesus in Revelation. And it says, in his right hand he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Listen, the sword that comes out of Jesus' mouth is his word. And when his word is spoken by you and I, it brings life. It's a spirit of faith that's spoken. That word, when we speak it, we believe in our heart, we speak it with our mouth. It has power to break bondages. It has power to heal sicknesses. It has the power to heal up a broken heart. It has the power to remove mountains of obstacles. Jesus told us to speak to mountains, didn't he? Mountains are obstacles or annoyances or problems in our lives, and we're told we can speak to those mountains. And here's the difficulty with us sometimes is instead of speaking to those mountains of obstacles, the spirit of faith speaking to those mountains of difficulty and obstacles or sickness or whatever it might be, instead of speaking to them, what we do is we just think about them. And we run it over and over and over in our minds. And instead of just thinking about it, we need to speak to them. And that may be a personal problem that we have. It could be a family or a financial problem. We all face mountains in our lives, don't we? But we're not just meant to think about them. We're meant to speak to them and tell them to go. Amen. Somebody say, go. go. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Three times in this one verse, Jesus talks about the importance of what we say. He says once about believing, but three times he talks about us speaking, and we need to learn and practice speaking to those mountains. God's Word, the Word of God, the Spirit of faith coming out of our mouth and speaking to those obstacles. This can be in the privacy of our car and our home or something like that, but somewhere, instead of just dwelling on the difficulties, the problems, the hassles, we need to begin to believe in our heart that Word of God and then begin to speak with our mouth. And I want you to say it again. I believe and I speak. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Whoever. That's us. We're included in that whoever. Tell somebody or tell yourself, I'm a whoever. So we, we 
hear about walking by faith, listen, what we need to practice in our life more and more is to talk by faith. And you know what that does? It gives us a can-do attitude instead of never happen or can't do. In Philippians 4, verse 13, Paul writes, and he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that good? God working in us, we can do all things. Whatever it is he has called us to do, whatever difficulty that we have to go through or over or around or by or whatever it is in our lives, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. Now, tell yourself or tell somebody, you can do it. I believe I can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens me. Speaking to mountains. In closing tonight, I want to read one verse, Matthew 17 and verse 20. Jesus again says, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be moved from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I want to encourage you tonight. There's lots of possibilities. Tell yourself there's lots of possibilities. Nothing shall be impossible with us. You know why? Because we're children of God. Because we have that spirit of faith inside us, and our words are meant to be spirit and speak life. We need to learn to speak to those mountains, don't we? And tonight, we're going to speak to a few mountains. That word of God, we're going to speak to those mountains and see mountains removed. I believe tonight there's lots of possibilities, don't you? Yes. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you came to the service tonight and you've never given your heart to Jesus. And tonight, the greatest miracle God could ever do in your life is coming into your heart and life, forgiving you, changing your life. And he does it in a moment of time. And all that we need to do is simply believe in our heart and say with our mouth, Jesus, I dare to believe that you're my Lord and Savior. Nobody looking around tonight, maybe you're here and you came to the service and you've not given your life to Christ or you've been away from him for a long period of time, and tonight you're here, you say, I need his forgiveness. I yearn for his forgiveness. Nobody looking for a moment. You'd slip your hand up in acknowledgement to your need and say, by that hand lifted up, you want my prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. I see your hands. Honest hearts. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand tonight. We're all going to pray together, and I want you to pray this out loud as I pray with you. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes and just pray this with me tonight? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I believe you did it for me, and I thank you for it. I ask you, forgive me. Come into my heart. I give my life to you. I believe and I speak 
and I thank you for changing my life in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and let's just thank him? Now, before we leave, I want to pray over you tonight. Would you just close your head? Uh, uh, close, your, uh, close your head. Don't close your head. Keep your, keep your head on and open. Close your eyes and bow your head. Now, I want to just pray over you tonight. There are mountains here, and there are mountains of sickness. There are mountains of financial difficulty. I want to pray over us tonight and just agree together for those mountains to go. Say, mountain, go. Lord, we thank you tonight for the price that you paid, not only for our salvation, God, but to reach in and touch in the needs of our life for healing, God, for financial provision tonight, God, for your uh, relief in troubled minds and troubled emotions, God, tonight for your hand to reach out and touch and minister grace into troubled families. And we speak to those mountains of difficulty and say to them in Jesus' name, Go. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. We thank you that we can depend on you always to be with us. And we thank you tonight that you have put your word into our heart and we speak by faith. It's done. It is finished. We thank you for the reality of that. We praise you for the answer tonight. Thank you for releasing healing. Thank you for releasing blessing. Thank you for releasing peace. We praise you. We thank you in your wonderful name, Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Let's give him a hand, would you? Thank you, Lord. Just as you go tonight, in the, in the middle of the foyer, I've got a table set there that's got a bunch of declarations about who we are in Christ. I would encourage you to pick up one of those. I printed up a number of them. If, if there are not enough, I can print some more. But uh, I would encourage you to pick those up. It's a whole bunch of scriptural declarations of who we are in Christ. Isn't God good? Amen. Our prayer team's going to be up here at the front to pray with you if you'd like personal prayer. God bless you. God love you. Good night.